are listening to the Marginally Geeky Show, the Epically Geeky Book Club. Greetings, and welcome to the Marginally Geeky Show. I'm your host for the evening, Eugene Stevens. Uh, tonight, I'm joined by uh, Jennifer Hetzel, uh, Lainey Moore, and uh, Chris Andrew. How are y'all doing, ladies? Good. I like that. It sounded like the intro to the girls' room. <laughs> that was awesome. Well, there you go. Um, it's been a while. Uh, we took a month off last month to kind of, you know, get caught up. We all had a bunch of stuff going on. So, uh, but we're back. We have a new episode. And uh, tonight we're uh, going to be talking about The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy by Douglas Adams. Uh, before we get started on that, though, we usually talk a little bit about, uh, you know, how we've been, what we've been up to. Uh, is anyone, is anyone, anything going on recently that anyone wants to share? Um, I started school again. Awesome. How's your, uh, how's your, how's your class this year? Oh my gosh. I love them. Oh, good. I love them so much already. They're awesome and so corny and cheesy and precious. And they love to do the corny, cheesy stuff that I like to do. They love to read. I have a very big good. reading class this year, which is awesome. That's very um, good. So it's nice. It's actually been it's been a lot of work, but it's been good work so far. Good, 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 good. Um, well, uh, my boys started kindergarten this year, yeah, and they do. Uh, Last night, they actually did their last soccer game. We enrolled them in soccer, and uh, so last night was their last soccer game for this season. Uh, so, yeah, that I mean, that was that was a lot of time. Like, uh, we, you know, got off work, immediately had to eat, go to soccer, because it was like at, you know, 5.45, 6 o'clock, get home, immediately jump in the shower, get them in the bed, uh, you know, then, like, pack lunches for the next day, and it was just, and that was like three or four days a week. So, I mean, it was it was tough, but, you know, we made it. It was it was good. They, they had a lot of fun. Um, I think they learned a lot. Um, and, and you could definitely see they progressed or whatever. So, uh, but yeah, that was, that was a lot of fun with doing soccer with them. So, uh, anyone else have anything they want to share? Um, my son started Lego league. Wait, wait, what is, what now? He is the coolest. The robotics. Yep. God, your kids are so cool. Nice. So we have a group in uh, a nearby town that's uh, at the kids' school. Like, that's where they go um, mm-hmm. for it. And it's intense from now until December. And December is when they have their big competition. And I'm, as far as I know, it's provincial-wide. I don't know if it's nationwide. I'm not sure. But um, they have to build these this robot and has to do all these different tasks and stuff like that. Quinn really loves Lego and he loves building stuff and he's very mathematically sort of inclined to do all that kind of stuff. And Mm -hmm. so he was excited. He got home today from it, but because he's doing Lego league, we had to um, take him out of hockey, which I'm fine with (laughs) because he's not, he's (laughs) not, he's not that kind of competitive because Uh he doesn't care if we, if they win or lose, he doesn't care how fast he is or anything like that. And, at the age that they're playing at for their division, mm-hmm. a lot of these boys have been playing for half their life, and they're very competitive. So I can see a lot of kids harping on Quinn for not being Giving competitive a like that. Yeah. So gotcha. He's already got enough things stacked against him. He doesn't need more. So 
Lego League it is. And he's hanging out with kids from his own age to up to high school. So I thought that was pretty cool. That's so That's cool. First cool. is really awesome, too. They they teach kids, like, work together, help your competition, you yeah. know, cooperation. Well, uh, basic so. problem solving. And yeah. yeah. I love that. So he's learning coding. Yeah. He's going to be learning coding and robotics. And um, the big thing for him is, though, is because he's very smart but has a hard time articulating how he comes to that decision. So it'll be mm -hmm. really for him to practice that, to say why he came up with that idea and how it works and stuff like that. So really excited about that. And then Logan started band yesterday. So she was very excited because she couldn't join last year. So now she's doing band and then she'll eventually she'll be part of two bands for the school. So I have mm -hmm. a nerd, a music nerd, and then like this robotic. What is she playing? Oh, she plays the tenor sax, but she wants nice. to learn how to play the trombone too. So there's another she's band to do that. Yeah, she's and like Lisa she'll... Simpson, but in real life. She's a little because she she also plays the guitar and the piano. I'm really bragging about my children. Um, she's the coolest. Very cool. She is. She's and she's so got cool. So she's just like completing the whole. Band. She can play the sax. She can play the flute and the oboe. She's all... thinking about playing the flute. But she got to learn a new embouchure. <laughs> yeah, I think the trombone, I think, will be good for her. Trombone is one of my favorite instruments because it is a funny instrument, but you mm. can be really good at it. Yeah, yeah, it's so fun. I think she wants to try that. But that's, that's, a good deal. that's it. It's all awesome. Jen, anything going on you wanted to share? Um, I'm going out of town in a couple weeks, so I'm just kind of counting down to that. Right now. <laughs> Where are you going? Uh, Virginia, Maryland. My family's up there. So I go there every year to see them, and I'm super excited. I'm ready to chill. See my sister, too. She's she's meeting me there. Oh, fine. Awesome. Yeah. So, yeah. Very cool. Very cool. Well, let's go ahead and get started with our uh, our book for the uh, month. Uh, like I said, we uh, this month we read The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Uh, how many of y'all had previously read it before we were tasked to read it for this? I've previously attempted to read it. I had a philosophy teacher in high school try to read it to us, which was uh -huh. because he read it really fast and in one tone. Yeah. Was, I didn't pick up a lot of it. <laughs> how fun. <laughs> yeah, it was awesome. Yeah, I've never read it. I think I checked it out from the library once, renewed it two times, and still never read it. So. <laughs> It's it's funny because it's one of those books like, you know, there's certain things, there's certain pillars in like geek community that everyone like quotes, everyone knows. And the Hitchhiker's Guide has always been one of those. And I'm just like, yeah. it's always been one of those things. I'm like, I've never actually read the Hitchhiker's Guide. I know. It's like, you know, the meaning of life and everything, yes, but you exactly. don't know why, what that means, actually. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Like I knew the answer. It was just like, okay, um, I don't know why, but. Yeah. No one else does either. Uh, Why do I need my towel? I don't get it. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. exactly. Um, so let's go ahead and just get started uh, with it. Um, I'm, uh, once again, I didn't. I didn't take notes on this one because it was a book that I, I'm like, I'm sure I can find notes on the internet. So you know, uh, which is, always makes it. I always enjoy reading a book this way better because I like. Otherwise, I'm like constantly stopping every five minutes or whatever, taking out my phone, and writing down notes. So. Um, yeah, cause nerd. Yeah, I know. Um, mm -hmm. so anyway, the, 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 the book starts off, um, we meet our main character. His name's, uh, Arthur Dent 
and uh, he's basically waking up. It's a very mundane morning, and he gets up and like brushes his teeth and gets dressed, and then proceeds to go out in front of his house and lay down <laughs> because he's literally trying to stop bulldozers from destroying his house. Um, they basically told him, you know, look, you've had all this time to try to put in paperwork and this, that, and the other. And he's like, you know, I just didn't get around to it. Uh, they're like, you know, no, he didn't things- know about it. Oh, that's right. Yeah. He, yeah. He didn't know. And the plants were in the cellar of a in this- building. That's right. That's right. Um, and, um, and so he's like, he, he's basically just like, okay, well, I'm, I'm just going to lay here in front of the bulldozers because they can't really do anything. And this is what I'm going to save my house. Um, doesn't sound like he's got a lot of stuff going for him. Um, then uh, we're introduced to his, his friend, his name, his friend's name is Ford uh, prefect. And um, Ford is an alien. Uh, Ford is a, apparently looks human, has been living on the planet for uh, many years. He got stranded here. Uh, he's originally from uh, the vicinity of uh, Beetlejuice. Uh, not quite Beetlejuice. They're very specific to tell you the vicinity, so close there. Um, and basically, he's he's been stuck on the planet for quite a while. He came for a short visit and then got stuck and just hasn't been able to get off the planet. Uh, and now he sees that there's the opportunity to get off the planet because uh, he, he goes to his friend and he's like, hey, um, first of all, he, it's, it's really interesting. He has this conversation, this backwards conversation with the guy who's in charge of the bulldozer uh, group and somehow convinces him to take uh, his friend's place. Yeah. So he's like, sure, I guess. So he lays down in the mud. Um, <laughs> And he tells him, "Hey, let's 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 go get a beer." Um, he's like, "You know, it's kind of early in the morning." He's like, "No, it's believe me, it'll be fine." Um, and then proceeds to tell him that, you know, look, I'm actually an alien. I've been here for several years. Oh, by the way, and the entire Earth is about to be destroyed in like ten minutes. Um, and then there's some interesting things that happen there. Like, you know, he's like, you know, he he like overly tips the waiter and <laughs> or the bartender and the bar and he's like, you know, well, you know. You've got about 10 minutes to spend it, so, you know, enjoy it, dude. Uh, but uh, the tone for this was very quickly uh, set for me. I mean, I knew it was a – I knew it definitely wasn't going to be like a hard sci-fi book, but uh, it's very comical, and it's very um, British. Very, <laughs> very British in its comedy. Yes. Um, Wonderfully so. Yeah. Lainey, you said you only got through about the first chapter, right? Yup. A uh, little, little story about me in this book. I've had people recommend this book to me since I was in high school. I've attempted to read it once before. I know at some point I will finish it. I will enjoy it. But every time I've tried to read it, it's just never really, like, grabbed me. Mm-hmm. So I know it's funny and it's British humor, which I love. But for whatever yeah. reason, I just can't seem to buckle down and really make myself do it so okay but i'm I'm gonna be honest uh everything pretty much everything you just said um (gasps) i kind of have to echo here like i said i it's british humor i love british humor um it's science fiction it is a pillar in the geek community everything says i should like just adore this book but i'll be honest it wasn't catching me at first either. And I thought, well, maybe it's just kind of a slow build. Maybe I'll eventually kind of, you know, really get, you know, I'll really get into it. Um, but yeah, at least at the, at the, and it, cause it's not like it just kind of piddles around and doesn't do anything. It's, it's pretty quick. Like it's, yeah. it's very quick. That, oh, by the way, earth, you know, earth is being destroyed. I'm an alien and Hey, we're about to, you know, hitchhike off, you know, get the hell out of here. So, I mean, it's not like it just kind of goofs around or whatever. It's also a short book. We talked about that. 
that um but yeah it just it, it didn't grab me at first either so i you know i i, I agree with you there laney yeah i don't know what it is and i don't know either if it's the fact that like this is one of those books People do this with Ghostbuster stuff too. Like nerdy boys love to quote this at me and get very disappointed when I can't quote it back. Mm-hmm. So I think maybe whenever I try to read it, I'm just like, ugh, like I get it. So be why. <laughs> gotcha. Um well at this point it's at this point that we find out uh you know these giant ships show up you know and everyone's just like aghast they're just like you know what what the hell's going on there are these giant yellow ships remember they were yellow um and uh it, it, it's at this point that uh they make this announcement that you know hey uh you've uh the earth is being destroyed because of I'm trying to let me get the uh, so hyper hyperspace bypass. bypass. So yeah, it's a hype. So basically, the exact same reason the, uh, they were trying to destroy his house, they're literally trying to destroy it for the galactic version of this. They're trying to destroy the entire Earth. Um, and they say it was on display for months. You had plenty of time, just like they told the told us. Yeah, fifty of your Earth yeah. years in your nearest uh, star, which is into. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So. Uh, so it's at this point that they basically um, uh, transfer off of the Earth, and right before the Earth uh, is, is destroyed, uh, they end up on a ship for the uh, the uh, Vogons, and uh, it, it, of course, um, um, Arthur Arthur is just like you know he doesn't know what the hell's going on. He's confused, and um, um, uh, Ford starts telling him he's like, well, listen, you know, there's this book. It's called The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. And, you know, it's a big galaxy, but, you know, there's a, a group of us that have been working to try to figure out a way that you can kind of get around for very little money, <laughs> kind of hitchhiking or whatever. And we've started compiling rules and information that everyone needs to know to help you get around. Um, and like one of the things, you know, he's like, well, what did you write down for the Earth? And he's like, you're probably not going to want to see it. He's like, well, go ahead, let me see it. And it's literally just like boring or backwater or it was like one word and it was just like all of human civilization was condensed down to just one word and he was you know kind of taken aback by that um but they're on this ship it's the vogon ship and you know this is apparently a no-no you don't you know hitch a ride with the vogons but the uh the other alien race that is like doing the uh cooking and the cleaning and stuff on the ship uh, they had, they're the ones that actually brought him on, uh, brought them on because they're, they're, uh, they like to mess with the Vogons. Um, so, uh, he's like, you know, pretty much we'll, we'll, you know, don't worry about it. We'll be fine as long as we don't get discovered. And of course they're immediately discovered. Um, <laughs> yeah, the, uh, the, uh, uh, Vogon captain comes down and uh, proceeds to torture them because they're not supposed to be on the ship. So he's proceeds to torture them and he tortures them, uh, tortures them by reading Vogon poetry which is the third not first or second the third <laughs> once again very british very british yeah. humor here um the third worst uh, uh poetry in the universe um and for the first most part a british couple from sussex oh Obviously. that's right yes <laughs> <laughs> see i wonder um I, I wonder if we were across the pond if that would like if that's like a guffaw thing, he's like, oh, of course, you know, they pointed it out. <laughs> them. Yeah. And I'm just yeah. like, okay. Yep. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, See, but, I love uh, how random they are. Like 
he's very specific in certain cases and it makes it that much funnier to me that he just pulls something out of the air. I don't know. Oh, I, yeah, love it. I love it. I love British. That it, it picks. Yeah. It, it, you're right. There are certain places where it's very, it's very general. It's very just kind of glossed over. And then you hit these other parts and it's just like, no, I have to make sure I explain this to the. Yeah. <laughs> it's very so. important for you to know. Exactly. Yes. Um, and then like, and then like you brought up at, you know, near the beginning, uh, one of the other things he says that, you know, uh, you should have, of course, have your copy of the guide with you. Uh, but you should always bring a towel, uh, because a towel can be used for lots of different things. You never know when you're going to need a towel to, you know, to dry off, uh, to use as a blanket, to sleep on, to use as a pillow. I mean, he lists several different things and I mean, in all honesty, it's actually kind of a good idea. I mean, (laughs) I know. I was sitting there evaluating my life choices. Like, I keep a towel, a towel in my car. <laughs> I keep a blanket in my in, in in my car, but I'm just like, maybe I should throw a towel in there too. Mm-hmm. Uh, it doesn't hurt. Yeah, if nothing else, but for the comedy aspect of just you know that random one time someone's going to ask me, you know, what's that in your trunk? Oh, it's my towel. Because <laughs> you never know. Um, but yeah, so um, uh, they 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 try to pass off that the the. The uh, uh, poetry is not that bad. Um, it somewhat phases the 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 captain, and they there's a glimmer, there's just a slight glimmer of hope that maybe he's not going to throw us out the airlock, and then they immediately throw him off the airlock. Um, and so, like in the half second before they die, all of a sudden they end up on this other ship. Um, this is where the the randomness just really starts to kick in for this. And I thought that was funny. I was like, wow, that's really random. Like literally that was the thought that went through my head. And then they start explaining the ship. The name of the ship is the heart of gold and it's powered. Like the Neil on Young the, song? Yeah. It's yeah, powered yeah. by the infinite improbability drive. And I'm just like, okay, <laughs> so what really random? Really? Um, but yeah, so it, and it goes through and it explains this this ship that the the drive that that powers it is this basically like a massive computer that can you know calculate these um, just improbable things, um, which that I thought was, was completely discovered by accident. Yeah, that was completely <laughs> discovered by accident. You're absolutely right. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, and so we get introduced to a couple more characters uh, at this point where uh, the person who is piloting the ship is uh, Ford's semi cousin and president of the, of the galaxy. Um, <laughs> yeah. I'm just like, okay, once again, pretty random, but the, and it goes into that multiple but, times. But wait, there's more. Yeah. Coincidences. Um, yeah. Um, how do you say his name? Uh, Zaphod Beetlebrox. Zaphod. That's right. Yeah. Uh, so there's Zaphod and he's just like, out there like he's doing everything that he can just it's like you shouldn't do that okay well i'm gonna do it and it's just like why what why would whatever um and then kind of bringing him not not bringing him down but kind of tethering him to reality is uh is his partner trillion and um and then of course there's the clinically depressed robot named Mark. <laughs> he's my favorite I love Marvin. Um, He's the best. First off, this is funny to me just because that's my dad's name. And (laughs) um, um, Marvin is one of those names like Eugene that doesn't show up very often. Um, 
in TV or movies or books. Unfortunately, it's not always used uh, for a necessarily favorable character. <laughs> I'm like, oh, hey, there's Eugene. Yeah. Oh, it's that guy. Womp, womp. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I'm like, okay, Marvin. Um, now, I know in the, the latest movie adaptation, um, oh, what's his name? Who was it that played? Alan Rickman. Played Rickman. Alan Rickman. And I understand he was wonderful for oh, that. Oh, he voice. was the robot? <laughs> He was yes. the robot. And so he that's perfect. perfect. Yeah, so Warwick Davis uh, was in the robot suit and walked around. Um, but Alan Rickman voiced him. It was perfect. It was so fantastic the way he did it. It was just, that yeah, that's amazing. why Marvin's my favorite character. He just nice. got the whole essence of... See, of I heard that. Fair. I had heard that he played that character. So when I was, even though I was listening to the book... Um, is that who you pictured? That's still who I pictured. You hear him, yeah. yeah. That's who I yeah. hear. So I choose to hear Alan Exactly. Rick. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um so they're on this ship and they start to, you know, they start to kind of explain it. And they're like, you know, how did you get this ship? And uh Zaphod starts explaining this this weird theory that uh he, he goes on and on about how to become president, he had to go through all these different screenings and they had to make sure that, you know, even though he'd done some outlandish things as president, all these screenings came back and said that, no, you know, he wouldn't do anything like, you know, criminally bad or he wouldn't do something insane or anything like that. Um, and yet um, he's christening the ship and then proceeds to immediately steal it. And um, commandeered. commandeered, commandeered. OK, sorry, commandeered the ship. Sorry. Um, he stole it. Gee, that was his whole point. He just yeah, no, I'm being an asshole and quoting oh. Pirates of the Caribbean. <laughs> <laughs> Commandeered it. In the in the army, they refer to it as liberating. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So, um, yes, it is. Um, so he gets a hold of this ship, and um, they end up going to the. the they're looking for this. He he had to have the ship. To find this legendary, mythical, however you want to put it, planet, yeah. um, Magatheria. Magrathea. Yeah. yeah, Magratheria. And it's like, you know, I had to have the ship to get to the place. But And they're like, well, why did you want to go there? He's like, I don't know. Like, what do you mean you don't know? He's like, I, <laughs> I, it just popped in my head. And I think, and then he starts coming, he starts, I think it's at this point he starts explaining the theory, maybe it's a little bit later, that he thinks he had this thought or someone put this <laughs> thought into his brain. And so he altered his brain to basically hide the thought slash memory from himself, but subconsciously is feeding this information to himself. To, I hate and it I'm when just that like, happens. I'm just he like, okay. Zaphod has two heads. Well, <laughs> oh, that's right. That's right. I forget about that. Which he somehow managed to hide when he went to earth. I don't. Okay. People don't understand, understand that. that. Yeah. Just um, stuff one under. I don't know. And so we've got Magrathia. And Magrathia is this this planet that um, was originally used by a race that was extremely wealthy and would create custom planets. So you could basically go to them, you know, it's kind of like going to, it's, it's a, basically the designer version of like a house or a car. You know, you go to these, you go to these people and you say, Hey, listen, I want a planet that has, you know, 
list these final, you know, these things off or whatever, and they literally created a planet for you. Um, and so they go to this planet, and it's supposed to be dead, but as they're coming into the atmosphere, um, the uh, they they start they come under attack by uh, uh, automated uh, uh, weapon systems, and they use the improbability drive to kind of hard to explain like flip reality so what happened is that so um they're going to megrathia and they the warning system pops up saying thank you for coming however our planet is closed so if you could leave your number and the nearest planet where you could be reached that would be fantastic but they keep going so another message pops up basically like really you need to leave because we're closed they passive aggressive like, that's Warm. fantastic that you're so enthused about our planet now we're sending you missiles so the missiles are coming towards their plant, their ship, and they can't. The guidance system, the computer Eddie is not working. The happy, over enthusiastic Eddie. Oh, computer. that's right. Yeah, I forgot about. He's not working. Um, apologizes, and as soon and all Arthur can think about, well, let's hit the improbability drive. So he hits it just as the missiles are about to crash into the ship, <laughs> and the missiles turn into a sperm whale and a bull of petunias. Oh, yeah. well, obviously, yes, obviously, yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. That's awesome. Which, needless to say, when they fall to the planet surface, make quite a mess. And I love the yeah. internal dialogue of the sperm whale as he yes, the f- coming my to consciousness. Yeah. Oh, not again. Uh, <laughs> yes, the fact that, that once like again. random shit. Like, exactly. It took time seriously. out of this main story to go, oh, by the way, here's what the whale was thinking. I love that. Yeah. So. He regained consciousness just in time to realize he was falling to yeah. his death. Yes. But First sperm whale. You know, he wanted oh. to make friends with the ground. <laughs> oh, he's welcoming me. Yeah. <laughs> really, really That's fast. Yeah. <laughs> um, so it's at this point they get they get to the planet surface and uh um they they, they get separated uh because uh, uh Zaphod is like all right, I'm time, time to go explore. So he starts going off, and uh, Trillian and uh, uh, Ford follow him, and uh, 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 Arthur's kind of just hanging out by the ship or whatever. Uh, he's mainly left because to stand guard. <laughs> yeah, he's left to stand With guard. The depressing he, robot. Exactly, yeah. and he's just like, okay, I I can't be around the robot any longer. This is really depressing me. Uh, and it's at this point that um, a a Magrathian actually shows up. Trying to remember the name. This was this is ridiculous. His Bart name's awful. Fast. Slurty Bartfast. Slurty Bartfast. Yes. <laughs> Bartfast. How do you go from Ford to that? Um, because it's because <laughs> aliens. Hello. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Man, I was gonna name my firstborn that. Aww. Yeah. So, uh, it's at this point that uh, Slurty Bartfast uh, explains to Arthur <laughs> that the Earth is actually so he okay so. He takes him on this little kind of hovering platform ship and is um, he starts telling him some different stuff. And he's like, oh, so you're, you know, you're from Earth. Um, yeah. You know, it's it really kind of sucks that it, it got blew up right as it did. You know, those stupid Vogons, you know, they just couldn't wait. They had to have it done right then and there um, and proceeds to tell him that. Um, well, he, he starts going into this backstory. So they created the super the 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 galaxy created the supercomputer, uh, Deep Thought, and 
they decide that they're going to ask Deep Thought. It's the most powerful computer in in the universe. They're gonna they're gonna ask Deep Thought, what is the meaning of the universe? What is the meaning of life? What is the meaning of everything? And so the computer proceeds to tell them it's going to take a thousand years to do this calculation. So oh, like seven, seven point, million. Seven point five million years. Okay, yeah. sorry. I'm sorry, millions. My apologies. I thought it was that. God, Eugene. Goodness. Well, you know. Um, I was off by a little. Uh, do the decimal. A little. Um, eons. Just eons. Okay. A couple yeah. commas. It's fine. So while this computer's thinking, it, you know, this time passes and it finally is done. So, uh, the, uh, uh, people who are in charge of it, you know, they're like the great, 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 you know, ancestors of the people who built it. And they've been waiting all this time for, for the answer. And so it comes back and it's like, all right, I have the answer. And they're like, all right, what is it? And there's like all this buildup and there are people waiting outside. And like, it's, it's, you know, it's to me, it kind of reminds me of, it kind of reminds me of how, like when they announced the new Pope, um, I was thinking of the Royal baby. Yeah. And they're like, you don't really want to know. And you, no, we do want to know. We waited all this time. We want to know. And he's like, well, the answer is 42. Yeah. And they're like, cool. what do you mean? 42. 42. 42 is the answer. 42 well, the what? answer to what? And that's when it's like, well, that's the answer, but you didn't ask the right question. <laughs> and it's at this point, they're like, okay, so how do we get, how do we get the question that goes with the answer? And it says, I'm not smart enough to figure that out, but I am smart enough to tell you how to build a computer to figure it out. And it's at this, it's at this point it's revealed that <laughs> the alien races come together and they went to Magrathea and they basically did a custom order of a planet. And this entire planet, all of the life on this planet is going to act as a living computer to calculate the question in which 42 is the answer. So basically the question of life, of everything. Um, but unfortunately, five minutes before it was done, the earth got blown up. <laughs> um, so, you know, we, we get that. Um, and it's just like, really? Five minutes, huh? We, we couldn't have waited five minutes. Uh, which, once again, that's very British humor to me. Um, but yeah, it's at this point. So uh, the other three um, are... Um, they they were were they cat they were captured right yeah they were captured and uh everyone's back everyone is back and reunited and so they're kind of explaining all this information and um trillion has were managed to save two mice from earth so basically the only surviving things from earth were two mice and arthur and, and turns her. out the mice yeah and turns out the mice aren't even the mice aren't even human technically or you know from earth technically they're technically an alien they're the ones who actually have been controlling everything and have been, uh, you know, actually set the plan. You know, we're the ones that paid for Earth to be made. Um, so they're like, you know, it really sucks. We put all this money and time into this and then it didn't work out. But, you know, the code, some of the source code is probably in Arthur's brain. So we'd like to buy your brain. Um, and, you know, they're basically, you know, he's like, well, what do you mean? Like when I die, they're like, no, we want it like right now. Like we can replace it with another brain. You know, are you cool with that? Um, so needless to say, he's not cool with that. Um, and I don't remember, how did it get to the point where they were breaking out? Um, they just run out the door, don't they? I thought so. 
Oh, um, I just listened to this. How come I can't remember it? I know. Ron. Yeah, they, they like ran out the door, knocked down a couple guards, and then had to hide from some cops. Yeah. Who were like yeah. really philosophical. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's what it was. So, uh, yeah, the, the mice were literally, they're like, okay, you know, we tried to be nice. We tried to offer you money, but, you know, we really need this answer. So they're literally like, they get a hold of Arthur and they're about to cut his brain open or, you know, they're about to cut his head open when all these klaxons start sounding because the planets become under attack and the uh, galactic police have shown up and they're there to arrest uh, Zaphod because they were able to track down uh, uh, the heart of gold. So they're basically invading the planet. The, uh, uh, the people are trying to figure out what the hell's going on. And uh, so they're escaping. There's, this is kind of like the one action moment or whatever of the, of the book. And um, they almost get freed when two police officers in particular have them like uh, pinned down. Um, they've run out of bullets. They've basically run out of options and they're pretty sure at this point they're going to die. And then all of a sudden the two officers just dropped it and they're trying to figure out why. Well, it's at this point we get some information that uh, they can't normally breathe, breathe on the planet. Um, all of their life support was being handled by their ship, which was, uh, you know, uh, on the planet's surface. Um, and uh, uh, Marvin got bored, so he went over and started talking to the alien ship and proceeded to tell it his theories on life and, and his feelings and basically shared himself with this uh, spaceship. And the spaceship became so depressed that it immediately killed itself. <laughs> <laughs> Which, of course, took out the life support, which then immediately killed the police officers. Yeah. yeah. He um, is the I, worst. <laughs> I thought that was hilarious. Like, <laughs> I thought that was great. I wondered how they were going to do that in the book versus the movie. How... Yeah, we'll have to talk about the movie here in a second. Yeah. Um, so at, it's at this point that our group manages to uh, get back into the heart of gold, mm -hmm. and they're able to fly off. And we do have some scenes where um, Arthur's like, trying to finally kind of come to terms that he's the last, for the most part, you know, uh, he's it. There's no more earth. It's all gone. Um, uh, and is kind of starting to kind of come to grips with the idea that, well, maybe, maybe life's not still so bad. Like maybe, maybe I could still go do stuff and you know, it's a big galaxy. We'll go see. Um, and so the book ends with the group deciding they're going to take the ship and they're hungry. So they're going to go eat at the restaurant at the end of the universe, which is literally the setup for the second book in the series, the restaurant at the end of the universe. Obviously. <laughs> yes. So, um, and so, like I said, I mean, it is a, it's a short book. So if you haven't read it, it, you should be able to tear through it pretty quickly, but, um, I guess let's go around here and, and general thoughts on the book. Um, Chris, overall, did you like the book? Um, I, okay. So I've watched the movie a million times. I, okay. it's one of our favorite movies as a family to watch. So I've been, we have, I, I brought this up. We have the entire works of Douglas Adams that we've been toting around for years. And just never read. That's why I've been suggesting it. So I'm like, no, I gotta read it. I gotta find an excuse to read it. So, Finally did. Um, and then I listened to it on Audible. So uh -huh. whatever, maybe I'll read the rest of his books. And I was really interested to see uh, the differences between the movie and the book. And um, because Douglas Adams wrote screenplay for the movie. 
Oh, okay. And he died just before the movie came out. Um, yeah, he was working on it um, before, yeah, before he passed away. So it was really interesting to, to see his take on his own work, what he changed. And I really liked it. I thought the changes he made um, in the movie made sense for what was happening in the book. Sometimes you just can't translate the, the whole, um, when they hit the probability, improbability drive the first time and they were talking about, you know, two to the power of whatever ever to one normalcy and stuff like that. How mm -hmm. would that translate to film? And they did a really good job. And I liked, I don't know, I just thought it was really good. I, I, I was going to like it anyway. <laughs> it wasn't going to matter. Um, so yeah, I thought it was really good. I liked uh, how quick it was. I liked the, um, I just like how Douglas just ex explains and doesn't explain. Like he explains the things that are important, but you know he himself didn't know how you know potential time travel worked or astrophysics physics or anything like that. He didn't know how any of that worked, so he just skimmed over it. So because he didn't know how to explain it, so what was the point of of uh, maybe getting it wrong and which right. is kind of what makes the book work because there's yeah. so many ridiculous things that happen yeah and the names of everything and I, my favorite are the vogons because they just remind me of well because they're politicians right so yeah and the vogon like nobody likes them yeah nobody likes them and they're bureaucratic and everything has to be forms signed in triplicate buried in peat and all that kind of stuff and i just i just really like i i imagine if i read it before I saw the movie, I'd have a hard time getting into it though, because mm -hmm. the language that Douglas uses, it's like it's a lot of words to explain or to convey a, an emotion or something like that. But yeah, so no, yeah, I can see that. Yeah. If you, if like Lainey, if you like, cause you said you had a hard time getting, yeah, into, it just didn't grab me movie, because the movie is so awesomely cast. And the pace is really cool. Was there an older movie before the 2005 yeah. version? Is that yeah, the one you watched? Used, or? No, because it used to be um, a radio show. And then he, they did a, I think it was a British television show. Yeah, there was a series. They had a series yeah, for it. series. And then the movie in 2005 came out. Yeah. So I think it's good. Awesome. It's, uh, quick. it's a quick read. It is really short. I think it's only like 150 pages or something like that. Suffer it was pretty time. quick. Like, yeah. I mean, uh, you know, I, I don't know the page count because, you know, did it on Audible, but because um, I'm actually pulling it up now. I have um, 215, actually. Okay. Well, this they're big, it's big print. Mine is big print. In yeah. the library. It's only 35 chapters. Yeah. And some of them are pretty quick chapters. Yeah, and it's only it's it's un, it's just under six hours listening. Like yeah, so like I mean at double speed, you know I I clocked it almost as, as you know a little bit longer than a a standard movie is pretty much now. So mm -hmm. yeah, it was you know and for a book that's like that's ridiculous. So because actually I'm 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 starting listening to uh, Dracula again and it's fifteen and a half hours. So I mean it's. It's a third of that. So, like I said, it's you know, I, I I noticed whenever I was downloading, I was like, man, that was a quick book. But um, I, I think that definitely to me that worked in its favor. Um, I almost wonder because I, I know you and Ray are huge fans of it. Um, and and now that you've told me that you know watching the movie so many times is is kind of what really cemented that. Um, 
because I was going to ask, you know, at, at what age were you that maybe you first read it or whatever? Because I'm almost thinking maybe the reason now I'll, I'll, I'll go ahead and say this. I did enjoy the book. I did like it. I like the story. Um, I'm actually really interested to see the movie now. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, I don't know. I, I almost wonder if maybe it's one of those things that like maybe if I had read it when I was younger, it might have gripped me better or, or you know. But um, because I mean, okay, so uh, what is the name of that stupid movie? Uh, the Big Lebowski. Mm-hmm. I, I know I Big Lebowski. I know I should probably love the Big Lebowski. No, but I, I but there's everything in that movie, the pedigree of that movie. I should love the Big Lebowski, but I don't. And I think part of it is because when I finally watched it, I just. I don't know. I guess I was past that point because I'm like, I'm sure, like, if I were to watch Dumb and Dumber now, I'd be like, yeah, that's that's a pretty funny movie. Yeah, but, it's you know, dumb college humor. Is but, yeah, because of the time that came out in my life, it's like the greatest fucking movie ever. But not really. But I mean, you know what I'm, you know what I'm saying. Yeah. So like, I wonder if that has something to do with this. So part of me is like, um, I, I need to wait. I think a little longer before, you know, like maybe I show the movie to the boys. Uh, but I think it's something that maybe the earlier they see it, the more that they would probably uh, enjoy it because it's just kind of so random and, and funny and quirky and stuff. So they, the, um, the kids, Quinn's big into slapstick humor. And I think we started showing them, Oh God, probably when they were babies and they just absorbed it through osmosis. But there's this one scene in the movie that's not, in the book at all there's a couple of things there's actually a whole character in the movie that's not even mentioned in the book he's actually by john malkovich in the movie oh my god his name's hamakavula and he was uh zephod's um opposing running mate for president of the galaxy and uh so this one scene we're on there on hamakavula's planet and they're trying the heart of gold's landed and they're trying or are they on uh, Bogon, I can't remember. Anyways, they're ma- they're on- no, I don't know. They're making their way to these buildings, and all of a sudden, these like shovels come up and slap them. These shovel-like animals. Every time they step, it comes mm-hmm. up, and slaps them in the face. Quinn thought that was freaking hilarious. Laughed <laughs> <laughs> when he first saw it. He thought that was great because it was just all of a sudden they think something and something would smack them in the face and then they try to run and they're just getting smacked all the time and things are it was just it's really funny and that wasn't in the book but i don't know how they would it wouldn't be a very quick read if that if everything that was in the movie was also in the book okay yeah well jennifer what were your thoughts i liked it i thought it was funny i enjoyed the characters and the random you know facts like we talked about um i was a fan and i just realized like i have the next three books in the series so mm-hmm. i don't have that book but i'm gonna have to you know read the rest of those to see what they're all about but yeah i, I enjoyed it a lot i thought it was fun mm-hmm. Lainey, do you think you'll ever go back and finish the book oh yeah i'll definitely finish it it's it like i said it's definitely not a like it's not in line with any of my interests or anything i think i just have had so many people be like oh my god you have to read it that i'm just kind of over it yeah yeah yeah, i get it i'll do it so and it's been so hyped up to me that i don't know but i will definitely finish it like i'm i'm a closer like i'll i'll finish it 
Well, the next question, you kind of brought this up, Jen. Um, um, is anyone planning on reading any more of the series? Well, I want to now because there's six stories. So there's The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Then there's The Restaurant at the End of the Universe. Then there's Life, the Universe, and Everything. Then there's So Long and Thanks for All the Fish. And then there's Mostly Harmless. That's the last one. <laughs> okay. So I would like to say that I've actually read this giant big book. <laughs> yeah, and I'm looking at the cast list, and it's really awesome. It's so good. So Nye, <laughs> so how do you say his name? Nye, he is Flarty Bartfest. Yeah, Bill Nye. <laughs> Yeah, He's the guy from um, Love, Actually Love Actually that plays yeah. the, yeah, yeah, you know. The old dried-up rock star. Yes, and Martin uh, Freeman's Arthur you. Dent. Martin Freeman's Arthur Dent. Most oh, my God, Martin Freeman is Arthur Martin Dent. Freeman. Yes, he is. Yes. Plays Sam Rockwell is Zaphod. Yep. The only thing I didn't like was um, I did not, now that I've read the book, I liked I liked the way Trillian was written better than the way she was played and, like, the way they wrote her in the movie. Like in the uh -huh. book, she's really smart. She's got, you know, these degrees in math and astrophysics or something like that. And she's yeah. uh, aware that the planet blew up and she's okay with that. She's just, you know, trying to find more adventure and, and everything. Like that In the movie, she's played by uh, Zoe Deschanel. Ugh. And they play her a little bit more. They don't mention any of the any of her smarts. She's just sort of this You mean they dumbed down a female character they to make her more palatable for oh, modern that. America? What? Yeah. And she's American in that one, too. Uh, yikes. Is there a word for that? <laughs> I feel like yeah. there's a word for that. <laughs> you know? But that was my only complaint about the movie. Other than that, I think it's amazing. And I like the movie more than I like the book. <laughs> hey, that's perfectly fine. Um... It's funny. There's a, a, a comedy. I've been going back and listening to a lot of stuff, which we're about to get to here in a second. Uh, but I've gone back and, and listened to several um, uh, comedy albums that I have. And at the end of one of the comedy albums, these two guys go into this long diatribe because the one guy, they get on this long discussion about the movie Jurassic Park versus the book. Mm -hmm. And um, nobody has read Jurassic Park. I've read Jurassic Park. <laughs> right. You have read well... Jurassic Park. A lot yeah. of people read Jurassic Park. Mm -hmm. um, no one. But anyway, <laughs> I I prefer the movie over the book, um, and they are greatly, vastly different. Um, but yeah, so no, I I completely understand liking the because another thing uh, that I saw I saw Scott Pilgrim versus the World, and loved the movie, adore the movie, and I have oh, the comics and read them and. I, I don't know. Like I, I prefer the movie over the book, but I again yeah. did not even finish the comics because I like the um, parts of the movie that I've seen so much better. Still need to finish watching that movie. You need mm -hmm. um, anyway, uh, but this is the movie podcast. This is the book podcast. Oh, um, <laughs> yeah. so with that said, we'll go ahead and, and wrap up our discussion of that. Um, our next book we're going to be doing for October is uh, "We Are Legion, We Are Bob" by uh, Dennis E. Taylor. Um, has anyone here read that one yet? Ooh, 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 okay. I'm ahead of the game. Awesome. Uh, yeah, as soon as I get my Audible credit, I'll be uh, I'll be uh, buying that one and, and reading it. So, um, Let's go ahead and move on to what else have you been reading? Now, granted, um, <laughs> I'm going to preface this. Uh, it has been two months, so you know if you've kind of got a long list, that's perfectly fine. Uh, would anyone like to read <laughs> <first>? Long list. <laughs> 
I don't have a long list. Um, I do this thing a lot, especially if I have a lot going on and I don't want to get pulled into like a full book because I usually read before bed. Mm -hmm. Um, I do a lot of like essay collections and like short stories and stuff. Um, but I actually have this book that someone gave me. Um, they got it as a like random gift from somebody and they were like, this is creepy and weird. Maybe you'll like it. Um, it's Mm. literally called Texas Obscurities Stories of the Peculiar, Exceptional, and Nefarious. And it is a short little book. It's literally just a collection of stories about just weird shit that's happened in the state of Texas. There's a little bit about like unexplained murders, monsters that people have claimed to have seen that they've never gotten real proof on, um, cults, um, just weird, unexplainable shit that's happened in the state. And that is right up my alley um i love stuff like that i'm very very into weird murders and cults and all that kind of cool stuff so so you're um, saying they pegged you (laughs) yeah basically well parker's the one that gave it to me so of course he was like oh yeah i'm not gonna read this but you know who will so (laughs) um, yeah basically he was like let your little creepy soul just run wild have fun so um but it's been really good i've Again, read it right before bed, which is probably not a great idea, but I like it. It's nice. Mm. It's a good little, it's just little short, like, bits of weird information, and I find it very satisfying. I love it. Good deal. Plus, the cover looks cool. Look at the cool cover. It looks very weird and creepy, and I like it. Yes, it does. (laughs) Yep, they pegged you on that one. Yeah, they did. (laughs) Jennifer, what have you been reading? Uh, not a lot. I listened to a self-help book called 10, 10, 10 by Susie Welch about decision-making. Okay. Um, and then just articles and, you know, I've been listening to a lot of podcasts. Um, okay. So that, that's pretty much it. I haven't had much time to do much else, but I have, I have a book that I checked out at the same time as this one, um, which I think the ladies will appreciate. Hang on, I'm trying to find it because it's all like feminist and shit. Yeah. Um, it's called All the Single Ladies, Unmarried oh, Women, and book. the Rise of an Independent Nation. Nation. I want to read that. Like, on my list. Yeah, I was like, oh, that was written about my life. So cool. I'll, I'll read it. <laughs> that is um, literally on my list of stuff that I'm trying to get read. So, oh, but uh, book related, I did um, finally like unpack and sort all the boxes of books I've had in my office bedroom for like years. So that's exciting to me because it's been stressing me out for a long time. So I have an entire shelf of Star Wars books that are not canon. Uh, you know, not bitter about that at all. Yeah. It happens. Well, you can still enjoy them. I mean, you know. Yeah, and just know that they'll never have any relevance to anything okay, now, happening currently. Now don't, but don't say don't say never because I well, mean in yeah. the animated series they did bring uh Admiral uh, Grand Admiral Thrawn finally you know yeah. made an appearance so but they're not gonna you know have them have twins and Anakin and you know Luke get married he may get married to Mary Jade. I don't know. But anyway Disney is also notorious for saying something and then not being able to come up with anything and then buying other people's intellectual property. So Well technically they <laughs> already own it. Yet. So I know, yeah. but that's what I'm saying. It's like they yeah. they do shit like that all the time. Don't worry. 
Oh, uh, if only we would get him RJ. That would be awesome. Um, Chris, what what have you been reading? Uh, since the last, well, since I saw you guys in the summertime, um, we listened <laughs> to uh, Ready Player One. So I've read, I've listened to that, um, which we it was awesome. Um, it was, it? Oh, I love it so oh, much. Oh, so good. And I was really reluctant because I'm not a gamer. I didn't play any games growing up or anything. The most I played was Duck Hunt and. Super Mario One, um, so we listened to that, and then we listened to We Are Legion, which was really, really good, and it was. I need to read the next one. Okay, so then I picked this book up. This is my uh, one of my favorite authors. She writes some of my favorite uh, smut because that's what it is. Hey, fantasy uh-huh. paranormal smut. So you know, work girl. Her name's Sherry Lynn Kenyon, and she did one with uh, another author, and it's the Blood Blood Trinity. I don't know, but it's not as good as her other one. And then this is one I I gave all my books to my friend because she likes to read them too, so I got bored and asked for a book back, and this one's called Son of No One. So this is her Dark Hunter series, and there's like 13 books in this or something like that. Wow. This is some good fast-paced smut. Uh, and then uh, did the Douglas Adams one, and then the next one I'm gonna read is Armada. Irons, the next. Oh, nice. Yeah. Yeah. I heard it's not as good as Ready Player One, but. I'll, I'll, okay, I'm gonna be honest. Um, yeah, it is not as good as Ready Player yeah. One. Um, I'm the you second that. Time... same universe, or is it different? No, no it's completely not... different universe. Completely different okay. universe. New characters. Um. The second time I read it, I liked it much better. Like okay. I, I think, I think the first time I read it, it was just kind of—I uh, don't want to say it was a letdown. It was still a good book, but it was definitely not as good as the first one. Okay. And then the second time that I, I read it, I was—I, um, I kind of just took it for what it was, and I enjoyed it a lot more. So, mm-hmm. um, so yeah. All right. But yeah, it's—you'll it, you, you'll enjoy it. You'll enjoy it. So. Okay. Um. Okay. So. Two things. Number one, we did. It has been two months since we've done the show. Uh, secondly, I'm at the point in my job. Uh, school started back up, so we're like I'm currently doing inventory for the campus. But whenever I'm either usually at this time of year doing inventory or reimaging computers or something. So there's a lot of time during the day where I can have headphones on. I'm you know off by myself doing stuff, so I listen to stuff. Uh, so I went back and, and listened to uh, at least one new book. I think maybe two. And then the rest of these, I basically went back and re-listened to. Um, I finished the second book in Andrew Maine's uh, series, Station Breaker, and it was really good. Um, I'm wondering if he's going to do a third one. Um, one of my favorite authors, um, I, I listened. I, I bought one of his other books and listened to it called uh, Run Program. Um, Orbital is basically, well, Orbital uh, is about a... Uh, um, uh, they're sending this guy uh, back into space to check into um, um, this supposed like laser that uh, the Russians may have, um, and and basically breaking into a space station trying to t- trying to steal the information. So it was really interesting. Um, but the guy the guy just constantly run- keeps running into shit. Um, anyway, there's a, 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 a an author I really like. He wrote um, a book that we will eventually read called Off to Be the Wizard. Uh, but I reread it, 
and the three books that came after it, uh, Spell and High Water, An Unwelcome Quest, and uh, Fight or Fly, uh, Fight and Flight. Uh, but I read another book of his called Run Program, and it's basically about um, um, they create this uh, artificial intelligence, and they are uh, teaching it like you know it's an artificial intelligence, so they're having to teach it like you would teach a child. And uh, unfortunately, it gets out into the wild. And you can imagine what a super intelligent seven-year-old would do if he had the capabilities to control pretty much anything. Candy, uh, girl. Duh. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I reread the first two books in a series by D. Russ called Alter World and The Clan. And basically, the idea for this is um, uh, the, uh, the world's really going to shit. And a lot of people have are opting to uh, become digitized into this game. And if you stay long enough, you become what's called a perm. Um, and the the longer you live in this this virtual universe, the more it like you become part of it or whatever. Um, and so that's kind of interesting. Uh, I reread uh, uh, Demon and Freedom TM by uh, Daniel Suarez. I love him. Reread uh, World War Z and the Zombie Survival Guide by Max Brooks. Uh, and I just uh, finished how Star Wars conquered the universe. Uh, how Star Wars conquered the galaxy again by Chris Taylor. Which, if you are a Star Wars fan, it is it's so good because it talks about all. It talks about the making of the movies. It talks about uh, the fandom. It talks about everything. It's really good. Uh, and then, of course, uh, Ghostbusters one hundred one wrapped up the comic series, which I really enjoyed that run. So I finished that up as well. Um, that's it for our show. If you would, please give us a five-star rating on iTunes, Stitcher, and uh, Google uh, Google Music. It really does help us out. Um, leave us a review. That would be you know, extremely helpful as well. Um, and then, of course, you can watch the show on uh, YouTube. It, uh, we stream it once a month, usually on a Wednesday night, and then you know the episode will be up after that that you can watch. Um, we do have some other shows. We moved the Epically Geeky show to uh, bi-weekly. Um, unfortunately because of scheduling, it's probably going to be like a couple weeks before we even have a new show. So it's going to be a little while before we get another one up there. Um, and then, yeah, lots, lots of other stuff's going on. Um, so like I said, our next book, if you want to read along with us is we are Legion. We are Bob by Dennis E. Taylor. Uh, where can we find, oh, you can find the site on epicallygeeky.com. You can find us on YouTube at epicallygeeky, uh, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, all epicallygeeky. That's where you can find us. Uh, where can we find you on the internet, Lainey? You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at It's a Lainey Bird. You can also find me over on Epic Rhythm and Brews. We should have a new show coming to you here in the next week. Oh, awesome. Good. Jen, where can we find you on the line? On the line. Um, Instagram the and line. Twitter. <laughs> Instagram and Twitter at Het's Gonna Be Me. Chris? Uh, you can find uh-huh. me on the Epically Geeky podcast, and I will be on the next one. On- awesome. Um, yeah, just a quick heads up on that episode. We're actually talking about our favorite uh, Halloween movies, books, TV shows. You know, the, this, the things that you usually do because oh, Halloween girl. is coming up. What are the movies and TV shows that you, you have to watch every year to kind of get you, you know, in the spirit? So, And you'll uh, want to listen in because I'm finally at my most powerful during this time of year. So, Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> and you can find me online at Machine on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. For everyone on the site, have a good night.
This has been a presentation of the Epically Geeky Network. 